It doesn't matter if it's the catwalk, sidewalk, or hallway, or even if you're getting a snack from your work fridge. I slay. It doesn't matter if you're having a good brow day, bad brow day, good skin day, bad skin day. It don't matter if it's PMS and you feel a mess, or if you're feeling blessed because... I slay. Because you slay, we slay. This is I Slay the Podcast. What's up, Slay Nation? It's Erica Celeste signing on, and welcome to another episode of I Slay the Podcast. So today, I actually have a returning co-host. This will actually be her third time on I Slay the Podcast, so go ahead and introduce yourself again. Hi, I am Chantel, one half of No Class Podcast, and I'm so honored to be here today to share with I Slay. Uh, so where can they find your podcast on social media? We are No Class Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and if you want to tune into our show, we're No Class Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a few others. So make sure you go to our social media page and, you know, you can find the links there to our, our show recording. Awesome. And don't forget that you can listen to I Slay the Podcast anywhere you find podcasts. So make sure that you subscribe. That way you can go ahead and get those notifications whenever an episode appears. You can follow us on Instagram at I Slay underscore pod. The link is in the bio. Now let's get into Wush Poppin'. Oh girl, the way you sipping, I know you got the tape. Spill it. Spill all of it. Ooh, I know this finna be good. You know what? Let me go get some popcorn so I can find out what's popping. So the first episode is about baby girl, B. Simone. <laughs> now, B. Simone released her book called Baby Girl Manifestation in the Manifest the Life You Want, right? And this book has been selling really well. Um, she, you know, has been hitting her financial goals, but she's in a lot of hot water. Now, the reason why she's in hot water is because her book contains content verbatim from smaller content creators. One of them is at E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S and at Happiness Planner. Now, these are literally exact replicas of their content that they publish for free online in her book, and she's got into a lot of trouble recently. They're talking about possibly, um, because she's making a profit off of using um, their work, that she may actually have to end up having to pay them. Um, and a lot of people are up in arms on the internet about this. What do you think about this, Chantel? Well... As you were, you know, reading off this story, I was just looking up B. Simone's book to see if it was still being sold. And Paige is not found on her uh, website. So <laughs> that goes to show you that, um, yeah, maybe this has some truth to it, that she has been infringing on other people's um, stuff, like their their work and their content. Um, honestly, I believe it. just because for her to create this book that she manifested and wanted to have everyone else manifest the life she had. Like, mm -hmm. um, I just think that this all came so soon. Like mm -hmm. 
I don't see any uh, examples of you being a more, I guess, spiritually inclined um, personality mm-hmm. on any of your videos, on any of your your guest spots or anything. So that was news to me that you were just out here manifesting all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if you want to manifest some stuff, you're going to manifest it from other people's pockets. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it just, it may, I mean, I'm just saying like, to me, that made sense. Now, of course, devil's advocate, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for, for myself because there is a space that she feels where she's not always a personality. She got some realness to her with her friends and her family. But if you out here just, you know, editing and publishing all these books and whatnot and telling people to pay $30 for your book mm-hmm. and uh, you're talking about all this controversy, like, like uh, bringing up all this controversy to kind of sell your book and say manifest that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just think that, uh, it's a little strange to me. So yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I know that there are a lot of free planners, financial planners and things like that from digital creators online, but most of them created in Canva. So you tell me you could go into Canva and at least try to change the format, use some synonyms because it is free on the internet, which is probably what is going to be the legal defenses, um, you know, kind of what they're going to use in court is that it is available for free online for people and you're not getting paid off of it anyway. So why should you get any of the piece of money from the book? Um, again, playing devil's advocate, but I do feel like with this particular instance, someone in one of my PR Facebook groups, cause you know, I belong to so many groups online. <laughs> um, someone in my Facebook group said that this is kind of what happens when you don't hire professional PR people, you don't hire professional editors, and you don't, don't go that traditional route because all of this could have been avoided if you would have used, I think the person said like, the, like these Instagram publicists, because, you know, as someone who, you know, is, is in that field of study, um, I do feel like there are, I do come across clients who do end up with these people who are so-called PR people and they end up being screwed over. Like I have one client who had a whole bunch of followers, but most of those followers were bought. They thought that this PR person was doing all this great stuff, but they were up here buying their followers, buying their likes. And it's like, no companies are not necessarily nowadays looking at the sheer number of followers per se um, past a certain amount because a lot of these brands aren't making money off of people with 2 million, 3 million followers. Um, Like if, you know, the best example I got, so she said, if you look at somebody like Masika, right? She has a lot of male followers. Why would you advertise products geared towards women on you know, for her, when most of her followers are men, right? So um, it's just, I, I just feel like that's kind of what happened. You know, it's like you try to give people a chance, but with something as big as that, when you're publishing content, you have to fact check it. Even if you look at the image, you can reverse Google search images, and that would have popped up a lot. Like a lot of people can save, can save themselves copyright infringement, um, you know, from violating that by just Google search. And it's, well, go ahead. I just, 
I just think it's just crazy to me. Like when you were talking about the buying followers thing, like I come across that a lot. Like, I mean, right now I'm working on building a um, platform to have Baltimore black business owners together. And I'm searching for these business owners on Instagram and on different platforms. And I'm seeing people with 9,000 followers and they're following like 5,000 people, but on their posts, I'm seeing three likes. Come on now. Mm -hmm. You know good and well you bought those followers. It's ridiculous. Like when you are creating different different um, platforms and you're creating content, you have to be um, vigilant of those things. Like I know nothing about this PR, I know nothing about content creation. Like I don't have a big machine behind me and I'm just doing this and I can see that clearly there's some, some fluff going on. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, for you, for you, the, the personality to not be able to see that it's ridiculous. And I don't know who you're going to blame sis, but I think you rode the wave of spirituality being trendy. And I feel like it's biting you in the ass cause you manifested that. So. <laughs> Exactly. Because my thing is, I feel like with B. Simone, with Jess Hilarious, with those female comedians, they do kind of, they have been in the news a lot for saying shocking things. And I think that this is something that she could not control because I think she kind of saw herself going up and, you know, she has her makeup line. She has her t-shirts that sell out. She can't tour right now, but she's been everywhere in terms of like Instagram live. I've seen her on beauty cons, Instagram live speaking with, um, one of the higher ups there and, and getting all this, you know, this press coverage in reference to her book and, and everything else. And I just think that it's messed up that she, even if you do use someone you know it's like yeah trust your PR people of course but you still have to be very vigilant about you know like even if you have like a lawyer or like if you go through a publisher because sometimes with self-publishing when you're doing things like that and and the type of book that she has like you would I, I would definitely recommend going through like an agency when you are a celebrity of that magnitude just to make sure that stuff like this just doesn't happen. And people have honestly canceled her for plagiarizing. Hmm. I mean, when you plagiarize in school, you get sent to the principal's office and expelled. So, eh, same thing. Yeah, and this definitely is going to have a huge impact on her business as a whole. Because, yeah, she's, she doesn't have much credibility. Yeah, you know, thief. Yep. All right, so our next story, um, I actually came across the story in one of my PR groups, um, but uh, so there is actually going to be a movie on John Lewis, and it's called John Lewis, Good Trouble. It's going to be on demand July 3rd. It is produced by Laura uh, Michael Cheyenne, Don Porter, Erica Alexander, we know her from Living Single, um, and Ben Arnon, and it's directed by Don Porter as well. So this series actually chronicles Lewis's 60 plus years of social activism and legislative action on civil rights, voting rights, gun control, um, as well as healthcare reform and immigration with interviews and rare footage. Um, 
So have you heard about this? I have not. But also, to be fair, well, not to be fair, because I'm really going to sound ignorant, but I always think John Lewis looks like Elijah Cummins. Yes. And I know I'm not the only person. So I've been confusing their image for as long as I can remember knowing the both of them were like two different people. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely one of those. They really do look alike. And every time I saw his image, I was like, oh, someone did a story on Elijah Cummings. And I'm like, oh, John Lewis. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, so I actually hadn't really heard about it um, either. I Again, I came across it because someone, the publicist, on this um actually posted about it in the group um and i kind of looked more into it and it looks interesting it was it's set it says come out in theaters but with everything being shut down um i really do doubt if it is going to be um in theaters but it speaks to you know another story about you know like another black story about activism in the u.s especially at a time where we are in a national uproar um, in reference to injustice and, and racial inequality in the U.S. So I do think this is very important, and I actually find it cool that Erica Alexander is a producer on this. Yeah, same. Um, we all know her as Maxine Shaw or as Pam on the Cosby Show, but um, I know that she's been doing a lot of work since she's away from acting and this is good to see her in that, in that role. I feel like her character that not just like her characters that she portrays on shows, mm -hmm. but like the character that I've seen of her when she's in interviews, like this is a strong, it, it, I feel like she would gather a strong team. Like I don't know her. I don't, mm -hmm. but she, I feel like she would gather a strong team to create this, this, uh, story and this vision and, you know, uphold one of our fair, and noble civil rights leaders and um you know current like senators so it's cool yeah i definitely did think that this was cool as well um i have always had an affinity for erica alexander mostly because i never really saw any black person spell their name their name the same thing that i do <laughs> um erica with the k is or erica yeah erica with the k is usually a little bit rare on for black people um but i am actually going to tune into this when it is released um because i do like learning about you know these different things and and i actually really do want to see what this rare footage is yeah i agree i want to tune into it too mostly because um we learn a lot well honestly we don't learn enough about the range of black history that we have mm -hmm. and we have living legends in our midst mm -hmm. who are you know still continuing to fight for our rights and who are in political positions currently um and they've been around for decades doing the work so you know we all like to look at our new leaders or our new um socially aware uh people like DeRay McKesson or you know other people like that but we have people around who have been doing it for a while and their story needs to be told and like you know it's not just like a a trendy thing for them like this is the stuff they live and breathe and I mean I'm interested to see that like I'm not a whole bunch of activists right now but I like to think that I participate in some of these conversations involved in uh race and you know to the extent that i can because not every 
black person, indigenous person, person of color is an expert on race. They're just right. not, they're just an expert on their experience. And, you know, I would like to learn more about the history that I don't know. Exactly. Um, because what a lot of people forget is that when we think about the civil rights movements, we're like, oh, that's in the 1950s. But I've always thought about it in respect to like my father's age. My father was born in 1954. So it's like my father was a child when this was happening. My dad, you know, went to the first um, Million Man March. You know, like he was there, like my dad grew up through during a lot of this. Um, so for me, it wasn't that long ago, right? So like when I was in college, I did a paper on the Baltimore riots after the assassination of um, Dr. Martin Luther King. And I talked to my great uncle who was a firefighter at the time. Um, and I talked to my dad who was only a child at the time. So it's like, I, you know, for me, it's not that long ago, because it's literally just like one generation ago for me. So, you know, a lot of people, especially when they talk about race, they're like, oh, it was so long ago. No, not really. <laughs> oh, so, no, it's not a long ago. Just because it was before our time or before we even conceived, like, you know, mm -hmm. time, time has a way of showing you that it's not even that long ago anyway, especially because y'all claim you know it's 2020 this is supposed to be not you know not existing but here we are like 40 50 60 um hundreds of years later mm -hmm. thank you like mm -hmm. not long ago at all because this it, things just happened yesterday things just happened this morning things just happened like two minutes ago mm -hmm. so make sure everyone that you tune into the john lewis story um john lewis good trouble again it will be on demand july 3rd so right. our last story um, is actually going to be about Dave Chappelle. So Dave Chappelle um, made history and kind of released um, his like first official stand-up show footage. Um, he actually recorded a show on June 6th, um, and it's called 846. Um, so it's from the... Dave Chappelle and Friends. It's a talk with, you know, punchlines. He had an event um, in Ohio that actually definitely followed, like, COVID-19 protocol. They had, it was outside. People were kind of parking, kind of spread apart as well um, to kind of reduce anything from spreading. Um, they also had people isolated, well, separated in terms of seating so it would be like two chairs and a small like cocktail table that was table height um and they were again six feet apart um and dave actually decided to do the show and it wasn't necessarily a comedy show i wouldn't even call it that um so for him he it was more so like his commentary on everything that's happening right now um, because 846 is actually a significant number for him because it was the time in the morning when he was born. Um, so he just wanted to kind of talk about, again, what's happening right now um, in reference to police brutality. Like there were some funny moments in it, um, but there also was a link to donate to the Equal Justice Initiative as well. Did you get a chance to, um, to watch this clip? 
I have not seen it yet. I know it's like a 30 minute special on YouTube mm -hmm. and it's for free. Mm -hmm. um, my thing about watching this is um, I like Dave Chappelle. I like trying to support him, but um, I'm, I'm super conflicted with supporting certain things now, just because um, after, with everything going on right now, um, I'm paying attention to people who are also spew, who, who may have spewed like homophobia in the past, who may have spewed misogyny in the past, like, and that's just something that I'm being extra conscious of. I'm not saying that everybody has to be, mm -hmm. but, um, I haven't watched it yet because right now I'm in my feelings cause I'm conflicted. Like how am I going to support? Like I, I actually like Dave Chappelle, like, but there's something that that makes me fight against this because you know I don't always hear the best things when I look, watch a Dave Dave Chappelle special and that's just not who I'm who I am at this right. point in my life. So right. So there are again I do agree there are a lot of things that Dave Chappelle says that are definitely cringeworthy. Um, as a you know he's kind of been labeled as like one of the best comedians of our time. Um, because of because he does have those moments where there are these very poignant um, commentary that definitely relates to a lot of things that we are experiencing as Black people, stuff that he's experienced in his own personal life, um, and so on and so forth. And he definitely makes those those homophobic comments and everything like that. Um, I do think that because a lot of people were wanting like Dave Chappelle to say something. Um, do I necessarily think that this format should have been it? Like it was posed more so like a comedy show, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that. It was like a few chuckle moments where he was like making fun of some people, but it was very serious in nature. And he um, definitely made some very poignant points but then again he had those cringeworthy moments as well um I do think that you know it definitely went viral um would I have expected him to do it this way not necessarily especially with COVID-19 still being rampant mm -hmm. um he actually in the um in the in the video he's actually spoke about um, another shooting that happened, I believe around the time of like Eric Garner, mm -hmm. um, that happened in Ohio where like an unarmed black guy was killed. And the day before he was pulled over by the same cop mm. that I did read that unarmed black kid, but, um, but he was let go because of his celebrity, mm -hmm. but it was literally the same exact cop. And it was exactly the day before so i do believe that there are some poignant message that may kind of outweigh some of the bad um but it's something that we've kind of gotten used to from dave chappelle like he's unapologetically himself he talked um when he got his award um in dc um he kind of talked about how like with you know there's comedy for everybody and not every comedian is for every person and um you know comedy definitely is going to be something that's going to be controversial because it is someone's you know opinion at the end of the day yeah um so yeah i do a lot of times feel torn watching him he's like that uncle 
that you always have to be like, you know, that's not okay, right? Yeah, yeah, you're so right. And they still go on and do it anyway. Right. I have a lot of people like that in my family. I'm sure everybody black or uh, a lot of people of color can relate to that, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And one uncle, you be like, why do you just say anything that comes to your mind? Because I can. Yeah. I earned it. Like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, at least we have, we utilize our voices in our families and we speak up against Mm -hmm. it, you know. I mean, even, even now, like, with us being conflicted about the support of Dave Chappelle, we just like, man, like, we like you, we think you funny, but like, yo, can you stop, can, like, can you really just think about what you're saying, and like, stop offending people, and stop being, because you're promoting a hatred that these people can't escape from, they get killed from, you know what I'm saying, so. Exactly, especially in a time like this, because we are starting to have more conversations about how, um, how the LGBTQ plus community has definitely aided in um, our fight fight for racial, you know, equality and how pride actually started because um, of someone of that community who was black. Um, in the last episode, I talked a lot about like different issues that related to um, like the trans community and, and the LGBTQIA plus community um and a lot of times we forget i mean there's even racism and stuff that exists in those communities as well um and a lot of people have honestly just been having those conversations more because when because there i saw an article that was like there were actually during this whole COVID 19 there were two trans women who were killed yeah during all of this and i'm like well why am i just hearing about this now or last episode i talked about tony mcdade who um, is is a trans man and was um, killed by a police officer, but he just wasn't recorded on um, on video. Yeah. So there is kind of like this divide even within the black community, and a lot of people are like, "Well, while a lot of white people are reflecting on their privilege, we also need to kind of address some of the things that are happening within our own community, like colorism, like um, you know, like th- this." issue that a lot of people have with homophobia because as a child I never really understood why people would be homophobic especially when they're black Um, because my thought process as a child was well the same way well the similar way that people treat black people is very similar in a way that people treat people who are LGBTQIA when they don't you know agree with their um with their their sexuality or or their lifestyle so i come out kind of kind of like you know my thought process was i know how how it feels to be discriminated against and i wouldn't want to do that to someone else which is why i've always kind of been um accepting of it and frequent those spaces well like you said before and not to you know veer too much Mm -hmm. off the topic topic but um you've hinted at stating that we are all coming from different privileges you know and that's something that we all need to acknowledge and check within ourselves like I don't think a lot of black people understand that they do have privilege as well because Mm -hmm. um media and our life experiences have always taught us that we're oppressed you know Mm -hmm. and so when you have a different experience from someone else 
in your community and your culture and, and you're the same skin color and you have the same hair texture, you know, or maybe there's a few differences. Like you don't understand that like my experience that I had with my family or with the people in my environment is completely different from your own. So we're going to come to our, our own conclusions because of the privileges and the, the um, detriment of what we've been raised in. So. Right. And then, you know, some of that also is in spite of, right. Mm -hmm. So like I kind of grew up in, um, you know, very old school parents who, um, within recent years have kind of changed their own um, perceptions of it because we do have someone um, that is in our, um, I, I would say extended family um, who is a lesbian and kind of their interactions kind of like with that, with her kind of changed their perception of it. So it's mm -hmm. not too late for people to be able to change and also need, you know, no. people would also need to think about it like if it were you would you want to be treated that way yeah. um, I know I played that clip from Jane last episode but it also relates to a lot of different things right like would if you could change places with someone who is trans or gay or lesbian or however they identify like would you do it right it, it kind of falls there too yeah Right. We all know that fashion makes news and news makes fashion. So there has been a lot of it during this time. A lot of people have been calling out a lot of different companies and bringing to light different situations um, as it relates to racial inequalities. Now, any company who is silent, people are um you know, kind of saying that the silence speaks volumes in reference to um, how they feel about everything that's going on in the country right now. Um, but they actually have been several protests um, as several brands and designers were actually criticized for being tone deaf. Um, Anna Wintour, um, she apologized for her magazine's historical publication of stories and images that that have been hurtful and, and intolerant of black people. Um, so people are actually even saying that she's canceled now. Um, but this is something that we've all kind of known as it relates to mainstream fashion. Um, so there actually was, um, so like the founder of this fashion blog called Man Repeller, um, she actually is stepping back to, um, after criticism that her company, um, you know, is no stranger to to systematic racism. Um, and then fashion labels like Dolce and Gabbana, Gucci, Burberry are being called out for their insensitive and appropriate clothing, which is something we've been doing whole time anyway. Um, it's just people are, I guess, paying attention more who aren't Black. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then there's actually this instance in a alley-based uh, sustainable brand um, called um, Reformation. And they actually donated to Black Lives Matters, Reclaim the Block, uh, Black Visions Collective, the NAACP, and the ACLU, um, because they were actually criticized by a former employee named El Santiago. 
Um, she mm-hmm. said that as a woman of color, she actually managed one of their stores and she was overlooked and undervalued. She said she felt like her skin color would actually get her nowhere in the company. She was denied work promotions in favors of white colleagues and being ignored by the company founder because of her race. Now, the founder actually issued an apology um, and announced a diversity initiative and inclusion board. Um, and again, they did donate um, about half a million dollars in, well, a personal, so the founder actually took a half a million dollars of, of their own money and um, had as an independent investigation into the company's work culture. Um, and then she also stepped down from running her company as well, right? So how do you feel about a lot of these companies kind of looking inward um, and kind of figuring out what, you know, what's going on in their companies in terms to racial inequalities um, and a lot of these companies kind of donating to these, um, these causes? Well, I am skeptical because, you know, a lot of these companies and these brands have been around for a very long time. And now, since we're, you know, people are calling other people to action, they're calling to other people to task. And it's like, had you not been confronted and had we all as a collective been like, we're not contributing our funds, we're not, we're not supporting you um, in any type of way until you change the culture and we see change. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't feel like um, there would have been significant change in these companies. Like, you know, a lot of these, um, well, I'll just take Anna Wintour, for example, mm-hmm. you know, she's been editor of Vogue, you know, for a very long time. She's mm-hmm. had, she's created such a distinct culture of magazine editorial too. Like we've all seen that in the Devil mm-hmm. Wears Prada. Um, you know, cause that was loosely based off of her as a character, mm-hmm. um, Miranda Priestly. But, um, I know that there are some stories, you know, that need to be told just in that environment alone. Like look at Andre Leon Talley, like he's spoken up, like this man is flat broke now. And Anna Wintour profited off of his use, his likeness, um, his style choices, like his whole brain power for decades mm-hmm. and the man has not like all his his money is like gone you know what i'm saying so i'm just like i'm i'm very skeptical and this brings me to um this uh this term called like apology language mm-hmm. so i read this book the game of desire by sham Boudram, and was introduced to apology language apparently the um author gary chapman who wrote the five love languages um he teamed up with another writer jennifer thomas to write the five languages of apology mm-hmm. and one of them that i like um is what is it uh I think it's making restitution. I think it's like the five are expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. so we have to kind of see what these brands are going to do. Like a lot of them are pump faking and we don't have time for that no more because the pump fake that y'all been doing, you Mm -hmm. know, like has increased the racial disparities within our our country. You Mm -hmm. know, like y'all are promoting that if you think that 
you know, you hiring underneath like some affirmative action type of deal is going to, you know, make you, make you into something. Like I definitely know a few people who work for different companies, different brands that we all recognize, major brands, Mm -hmm. major brands like Adidas or Nike or Under Armour that have been affected um, because of their race. Right in their corporate culture like they've worked for these corporate offices and they have just been like oh my gosh like i feel i feel beat down and i feel not seen all the time and worse worse than what i'm you know expressing like imagine going into a workplace every day where people undermine you because of the color of your skin you know and i know a lot of people can relate to that but these are the companies that are like being like oh look we accept everybody look we got beyonce on our team you know what i'm saying so i'm just like um I need to see, I need to see that there is going to be an absolute change. I think, um, I pointed out on no class podcast, the pull up for a change challenge that, um, this woman created and she was calling out specific brands, um, like Mac cosmetics and Adidas and Nike and just all these major brands. Like we need to see who is working in y'all in y'all corporate culture. Like, Mm-hmm. What percentage of black people, what percentage of women, what percentage of, of Latinx people or other people of color, like who do y'all have leading y'all companies? So I'm just like, I need to know who going to be changing because I'm still skeptical. Why would I trust that? Like, you know? Exactly. I definitely um, do feel that as well. I do feel like there is very much so this PR apology language that happens, but a lot of well, I okay. say, so with this particular story, I do like that they did hire an external third-party company in order to review their company um, and kind of show where they falter or where there's certain behavior because that kind of produces accountability, right? There's this report that they'll generate, they'll interview employees and get their honest opinions without them having to, you know, name themselves, right? And we do see a lot of companies who just throwing money at this issue right they're not trying to make systematic change and i know that there are like weber shamwit um that's actually a pr firm has actually committed to um like being more inclusive and more diverse in terms of their their hiring and a lot of other um like the the pr council actually i'm involved in this certification course right now um, and they kind of created that to kind of funnel people from grad school into, you know, a lot of these firms, because a lot of them are really starting to like take a look at themselves and kind of assess what they're doing. So versus throwing money at the problem, they created a program in order to help other firms that be able to, you know, diversify and certify that, hey, these people know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, not a lot of companies are doing this and a lot of them are literally just throwing money at the problem. They're like, Oh, oh yeah. we're giving a hundred thousand dollars to back lives matter. We're That's the pump fake. Like, really? Like you're just, okay, well, thank you for your donation, but like more needs to be done. Like whatever, what people don't understand is that when black people, or, or I'm gonna say a good 90% of us, and I feel very comfortable saying that a good 90% of us, whenever we start a job, we look at who's in power, mm-hmm. right? How many people of color are in power? How many women 
um, for women, we look at how many women of color are in power, how many women in color, women, uh, you know, are in power in general, and just kind of make assumptions of, you know, kind of how to kind of maneuver in these particular environments based off of that information, right? So when I know when I used to work at um, a casino, there's like, I noticed that, okay, so women are more likely to be promoted to manager positions if they're in this department. Um, you'll see more black people being promoted in this department, but they're black men, you know? So it's like, you start to kind of pay attention to these types of things in companies, but these are things that companies themselves need to assess, right? So you look at, okay, who is higher than just a manager, right? Are there any regionals? Are there any people at the corporate office who are presidents and things like that of color? And I kind of don't want because a lot of companies are committing to be more diverse and more inclusive, but I also want people of color who are getting these opportunities to not just take what they're giving you. Like now is the best time to be able to negotiate more money. Oh yeah. We all know that they're going to try to hit us with the low, low. You need so they me. That they're diverse and, and they're more inclusive. Yeah. That's um, that affirmative action quota. Come on now. Exactly. So it's like, like, oh, you want to offer me $45,000? Well, uh, 60. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you know, but honestly, honestly, Make the, worth, hurt. the worth comes with a lot of the people that you have overlooked because of the color of their skin are overqualified for this position and you've been paying them way less than what you should have been. So mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. Like, people have not been getting their just due for a very long time. And it's because something, something as uncontrollable as the color of their skin or the gender that you know they they are or you know they profess out into the world like it's ridiculous it's absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous that does not determine the capacity to do a particular job or to retain certain information at all so I never really got quite understood it but also I'm not racist so I don't know I don't know about you know that. what I also think needs to be added to the pull-up challenge financial records like so how much are you paying your employees, right? Because mm. there is this gender wage gap as well, right? Yes. So if I have more experience than someone else and we work the same job, are you paying us the same? You know? So it's like, I, I think that honestly is, is the next step. Um, because when we talk about everything that's happening in this country right now, now is the prime opportunity to start to call companies out. Because if you do get fired because of it, sell them. Go to the media. Like, it's real easy to get a story right now on discrimination in the workplace. Super easy. People are latching onto those stories <laughs> like a baby to milk that's not lactose intolerant. So, <laughs> uh, so again, now's the time to honestly just hold, start to hold these businesses accountable. Because when a lot of people talk about, you know, I don't know what I can do, you know, in, in reference to everything that's going on, you can make changes for other people of color in your place of work. Or um, there's also been this big burst of people, Black people just starting their own businesses as well, yeah, um, more so than they have in the past and, and just supporting each other in that respect. Yeah, but also I do want to point out that allyship is most certainly important in this mm -hmm. because what, you know, a lot of 
people of color are not able to understand and realize is being ha- like that's happening to them sometimes or sometimes they see it but it's like it's like how many times I gotta say something about it you know what I'm saying like we are definitely calling on the allies to be like look yo it's time for you to show that you're a real ally like if you're gonna say I can't remember the two the two oh you know what I think it was Octavia Spencer and it was another um celebrity that I couldn't remember I remember a story about um damn was it Octavia Spencer anyway y'all probably will remember more of the details than me because I'm sorry I'm just not good with it but I do remember like there being a big story about a white co a white um actress Mm -hmm. and then a black a black woman actress um I think it was Octavia Spencer, like I said before, and um, them kind of going to the the big wigs of the production and being like, "Yo, like the white woman is getting paid this, then I'm gonna need you to you to, to match that or whatever," you know. So that's an example of how you can contribute to creating an equal equal culture right. and an equal um, status in your workplaces, you know what I'm saying? Just be like, look, I know she getting paid $2 less than me and and hourly. And I'm like, this woman has a whole bachelor's degree or something like that, that qualifies her to be paid more. So like, why is she not getting paid what I'm getting Mm -hmm. paid or not? Like, Mm -hmm. I know she has this experience or whatever. Like, this is the time for your allies to be like, yo, I see this injustice. So I need to say something about it. Exactly. Um, so our last story in the fashion news is actually going to be some good news. So um, we, again, talked about, you know, different organizations creating different opportunities for people of color. And Samira Nasser is making history. Uh, she actually will be overseeing content strategy and development content um, across Harper's Bazaar um, as their editor-in-chief. And she is actually the first Black editor-in-chief at um, Harper's Bazaar. And this um, magazine has actually been around for 153 years. Hmm. Um, Hearst also announced that they are fundraising, um, creating fun, a fundraising effort for organizations fighting racial injustice. And the publishers also said that they will match and double their staff contributions up to half a million dollars. Um, so Samira um, actually has her master's degree from New York University School of Journalism. She previously mm-hmm. worked for Hearst Communications when she was the fashion director at Elle Magazine. So congratulations, Samira. Yes, congrats. Uh, you deserve queen because I already know that you you did the work. Okay, a lot of those journalists come from NYU, and you had your little legacy up in Hearst, so you did that. Thank you, thank you, Harper's Bazaar for acknowledging that she deserves it. Please, exactly. Time. And I do hope that this also means that there will be more diverse content because with a lot of these high end fashion magazines, they are definitely white focused. Mm-hmm. You might see us a little bit in the background, but not not usually. For sure, like there were only a few magazines that I I liked. I actually liked Harper's Bazaar. I liked um, Teen Vogue, like growing up. But I, you know, saw myself in Essence. I saw myself in Ebony. I saw myself in Jet. But mm-hmm. they never got the quite the. The, plat- the platitude that ha- like Harper's Bazaar and Vogue and like all these high fashion mm-hmm. um, 
magazines got. And I'm just like, hmm. Y'all, the, the only person y'all had was whoever was on the Victoria's Secret stage at that point in time, or whoever you thought was a like a high fashion model, like, you know, Alex Weck or women like her. But I'm just like, y'all ain't even thinking about us over here. We got essence, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just exactly. like, good. Thank goodness. Yeah. We, we, we shouldn't have took them us, that long. Yeah. We love us some Jet, some Essence, some Ebony. My great uncle used to collect like Jet magazine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. All of them. Um, and, you know, there's the okay. Essence Challenge, and, and I'll be making my post for the Essence Challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so congratulations. We can't wait to see what you do as editor-in-chief. Um, I wonder if this means that Anna Wintour may finally be retiring. <laughs> hmm. She need to retire that uh, Bob, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she's been wearing a hairstyle, same hairstyle for decades. Um, she giving us Steve Jobs in, in, in drag, but okay. <laughs> I mean, she's been here for a long time. I feel like I can say stuff like this. So. Exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> she's, she's been around for, for a minute. Um, but I do definitely hope, because even, um, even Serena Williams' husband stepped down as like because he was a part of reddit even he he's the ceo down. and creator yeah. of reddit yeah even he kind of stepped down from his position and urged the company to put a person of color in that position because now you know a lot of times when you do have a child even if you are caucasian and you do have a child who is bi or multiracial um and you have a black child and things like this happen you're like oh crap like it kind of becomes a little more real well that's if if that's if you ain't one of them ones that's if if you ain't one of them ones who be like i don't see color i'm so colorblind like you're not gonna acknowledge you got a whole black child or a whole child who is a different race than you because okay that's cool i guess we could do that like but you're gonna have some kid growing up with all these little you know identity issues we're we're gonna get into that (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get into that and the kit put a pin in it so let's go ahead and in the fashion news right here so uh let's get into put a pin in it put a pin (laughs) (laughs) so we have been talking a lot about cancel culture right a lot of celebrities have been canceled um in mainstream society so what exactly is cancel culture? So cancel culture is actually um, kind of surfaced. So its origins kind of surfaced in 2015 on what is uh, referred to as Black Twitter. It is not an actual website. It is just a uh, <laughs> the idea that a lot of Black people who befriend each other kind of have their own unique space within the Twitterverse. Um, and it kind of was a reaction. So it's pretty much used as a reaction to someone doing something that you disapprove of. Um, and you know, they're, they're by canceling it. People also reference love and hip hop when, um, one of the male, uh, leads actually references, reference to someone being canceled. Um, so formally, according to Wikipedia, the definition is it describes a form of boycott in which an individual, usually a celebrity, who has shared a questionable or controversial opinion 
or has had behavior in the past that is perceived to be offensive recorded on social media is canceled. They are ostracized by and shunned by former friends, followers, and supporters alike, leading to declines in many careers and fan base. The individual may have give may have given at the time. So there have been a lot of people that have been canceled during this quarantine. There is Trina, um, who made a statement um, in reference to everything that's happening right now with people looting um, and people protesting. Trina said they need to make a curfew at 6 p.m., referencing to um, where she lives in Florida. Um, she said that the 9 p.m. curfew was too late. Keep everybody off the street. Um, these keep these animals off the streets. They're running around in Miami-Dade County acting like they have escaped from the zoo. Lock them up at 5 p.m. so the streets can be nice and clean and that is how I feel. Um, there have also been um, so Doja Cat actually kind of before it, it got really really heavy um, Doja Cat was canceled, then uncanceled. In my mind, she's still canceled. And this actually relates to what we were referencing um, before. So Doja Cat, um, some videos actually, because people are bored right now, they're digging, they're digging. And they found some videos of where Doja Cat um, was participating in racist chat rooms and they also found a song from 2015 that used a racial term um so she posted an apology video on instagram addressing both uh the chat room and the song um and saying that she had never been involved in racist racial racist conversations and that the song was an attempt to flip that meaning um, so I do kind of want to talk about both of these stories before we um, go into the last story kind of of the canceled um, segment. So how do you kind of feel about these two? I know that was a lot of info. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so in reference to Trina, do you feel like what she said was that bad or um, should she be canceled? Okay. Um, Trina always been a fan of hers um i'm i still haven't quite conceptualized what i really want to say about trina to be fair with you just because like i know what she was saying and i also know she's a sagittarius and i know like this is gonna sound like me making excuses and i hear you girl i hear you but i know sagittarius is i know fire signs because i i do participate in you know the zodiacs <laughs> and trying to kind of understand people based on those things but i do know that sagittarius and fire signs in general like they are impulsive they shoot off at the mouth sometimes without thinking and um i know good and well i know good and well she is regretting those words because how fucking dare you say that about people who are fighting to make sure your black ass can keep the millions in your or whatever money you got in your pocket and, and mm -hmm. live the way you live you get what i'm saying right. um you know she deserves like a royal cuss out uh but i i don't know i still haven't made a determination on the cancellation of her because like i like she just she just she probably did like this little cute apology that everybody doing you know when they be like oh i said something wrong i did something wrong 
and then she's like hiding in her corner like is it over yet who else is going to be canceled so i could come back out and be myself and release music you know what i'm saying so i'm just like i don't know i have no idea how i feel about her yet and i feel like i'm okay with not with not having a feeling about her yet doja on the other hand mm-hmm. doja has been in controversy a lot um because of homophobic comments in the past um and now her being in these all right like racial groups is just like yo what the fuck are you doing like we know you troll and you love the troll like you love to troll the internet but like yo is this really part of your identity like do you mm-hmm. like why would you be in there why would you right. be in there like i don't understand um but also like i'm not biracial i'm not like the whiteness in me has been so far like you know generation generationally like not presented in my in my my tone mm-hmm. i identify as a black woman mm-hmm. and um so i don't relate can't relate girl um so i don't know what she has to deal with right. with the people who are in her family who are white you know what i'm saying or right. her dealing with whiteness like i don't know what that feel like but i do know what it feel like to be black and i do know that um these alt-right groups and these racist groups are killing black people and all these other people who don't deserve it because they just damn living their lives so like i can't fuck with that you know what i'm saying um it's been really hard because i am a fan of doja cats like i've been a fan of hers probably since like 2014 like mm-hmm. um when she was doing like under i guess not underground music but her music is not popular like her music was a completely different style than what it is now mm-hmm. um and uh i've been following her career for a while like and when she came out with Amala and with um, Hot Pink, like, I was rocking with it, you know? Like, I was just like, oh, I feel like a woman, like, my sexuality and all this other <laughs> stuff. Like, I could relate. Like, and I hate it, say so, but honestly, ever since, it's probably been, like, a week or the last two weeks, like, I'll randomly pop up in in the morning. I'm just, like, singing say so. And I'm like, whoa, like, I can't even, like, I feel like I can't even listen to the song now to get it out my head because... I'm just like, I don't want to give her no more numbers. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, the thing about cancel culture for me, and I, I don't want to shoot the gun on this, but I think we all have um, the responsibility to come to it on our own. You know, there's some people who I just have not even touched their music or mm-hmm. seen their image or like I skip past it just because I'm like, man, like I ain't ready yet. You know what I'm saying? I don't forgive you yet just because I don't right. even know. Like Daniel Caesar or uh chrisette michelle for me i was a huge fan of hers but um i'm I'm gonna let you go just (laughs) because i might be skipping around to different parts of your show and i don't want to do that so so it's cool um so with trina i too was torn um sometimes i feel like when people reach a certain status in society they do become far removed um from what's going on um like little wayne has made some really weird comments but this dude's been rich since he was a teenager so you know he's been far removed from society even though he did grow up in the hood um do i think that she used the comments and in, in the terminology in the insulting way um i i don't think that that may have been her intent I think that she was just trying to figure out the best way to kind of describe what was going on um, because that kind of 
people assuming that when she's talking about animals, she's referring to black people. Um, to me, is, is definitely flawed because that makes the assumptions that the looters are black, and that's not what happened. Like, there's plenty of footage of people of other color just taking advantage of the situation and not looting because of what's going on, but looting because the opportunity presented itself. Um, so, you know, I do also think that, um, I don't know if, if Trick Daddy kind of caught her out on this, but a lot of times when you're making these statements to, you know, lock them up, like doing all these extra things, right? Um, saying that, you know, especially during a time where people don't trust the police right now, like making an expression like lock them up is very hazardous and very triggering for a lot of people, which is why I feel like a lot of people wanted to cancel her in the first place. Um, people are angry and people are upset, right? And people are trashing businesses, but, um, you know, a lot of those businesses may be black owned. Do I think she could have said it a little bit different? Yes. Do I think that she was just upset about what's going on and kind of in shock? Yes. Do I believe that she necessarily needs to be canceled? That I do not think so. Um, I think that she just kind of needs to kind of reflect on what she said and kind of read through the comments to see how people feel um so she can kind of figure out how to move forward from this um because i know that kia definitely exploited this situation um and has grown her following tremendously off of trina um <laughs> They've been beefing for the longest. Like, right. get over it, sis. I'm so sick of you, Kaya. Like, my neck, my back. That was, like, your only show song that was, like, really popular. Like, and up it was here. popular probably, like, yeah. it, how many kids been born and graduated from high school and, like, have kids now since that song been out? Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kia was only mostly popular in that Florida, Carolina region. Right? So, like, here, all we really heard was that one song. And that's all I feel like the rest of the country really knows her for. Um, but that's a whole different story. Now, in reference to Doja Cat, right? So, I did some research on Doja Cat just because I kind of wanted to figure out her perspective and, and kind of try to figure out how she was raised, right? So, her father is actually a famous African actor. Um, mm -hmm. he actually moved back to Africa because he missed it and wasn't, um, a part of Doja's life. Um, so Doja was raised by her mom. I do believe that some of her, um, white relatives are indeed Jewish. So she was raised by her Caucasian mom. Um, and I know that she made statements about black women and, their hair, which is also a part of the controversy, um, saying that she couldn't understand how people, you know, like black women deal with their hair, how they don't hate it and all this other stuff, but it was like more negative than that. Um, I'm just summarizing. Um, and I feel like her video as a whole was very insincere her video apology. I do think that she seeks attention. Maybe it's the, because of the attention that she did not get from her father. So she kind of, uh, preys on people that she kind of know will give her the time of day. Um, especially because she 
is heavily involved in the video game sphere. Um, one of the videos that I did watch when she was in the alt-right room, all attention was on her because she's the quote-unquote pretty girl um, of her yelling out the N-word and then everybody just kind of engaged with her in conversation and in you know, her asking people to do weird stuff or asking if they want to see her do weird stuff. Um, all of this, I believe, is for attention because in the beginning of her video apology, she's like, I want everyone to screen record this. Make sure that you're screen recording. And she says this like a lot in the beginning mm -hmm. of the video. Um, and her apology to me wasn't really an apology. Um, it was her being like, don't cancel me like Daniel Caesar. Because, you know, after he was canceled, his second album tanked for sure. And we haven't heard much of him since that last year. Um, so I feel like Doja was definitely trying to save face. Do I feel like she has her own issues in reference to her own possible internal hatred of her you know, black side, maybe, I'm not sure exactly what she experienced as a biracial child being raised by a Caucasian mom. Um, we don't know what that experience was like for her. So I do believe that a lot of that has to do with it. Do I feel like she needs to uh, actually speak with a psychologist and kind of work through her own issues? I definitely would recommend that for her. Um, because I do feel like, yes, canceling her indeed was something that should have been done. Um, I honestly haven't been listening to Doja Cat that much. Um, I listen, I, I like the song Say So, but it's meant to be one of those summer catchy tunes, which is why it was popular. Um, but I definitely do feel like, I honestly don't think that this will impact her career as much um, because she was like canceled and uncanceled but to me she's still canceled um, because I do feel like there are those people I believe because her music isn't necessarily marketed to black people and I feel like the say so remix with Nicki Minaj was that attempt but that came out while all of this was happening that I kind of reversed any attempt that she was trying to make to necessarily go advertise herself more towards the urban market. Um, so I, I do think that her career is going to be impacted slightly, but not that majorly. I feel like she's probably not going to get any brand sponsorships, but she'll still put out albums and, and have concerts and people will attend. We shall see. <laughs> So the last story in reference to this cancel culture um, actually relates mm -hmm. to Stassi. Um, she actually, um, if you don't know her, she was on the reality show Vanderpump Rules and kind of built her career off of that. Stassi on the show was known, was kind of known as the mean girl. Um, her whole storyline was related to her ex-boyfriend Jax cheating on her. Um, and it was rumored that she, that he was cheating on her with a employee at the restaurant that they were waiters and waitresses at, which is called Sir. Um, I know that when Chantel and I went to California for her birthday, we definitely went past Sir. Um, it's more of mm -hmm. like a Mediterranean kind of restaurant. 
Um, but the employee who supposedly um, slept with with Jax uh, was allegedly Faith Stowers. Now, Faith is actually one of the few, if only, if not only, Black person who um, was working at um, at Sir, and this again happened years ago. Um, but people kind of brought it back to the forefront because of what's happening right now. Apparently she, as well as another castmate slash frenemy, um, Kristen, um, actually called the police and stated that there was, because there was this woman that they were looking for who was accused of robbing people. And they said that Faith was this individual. Um, in an attempt to get her arrested. Um, and uh, so Faith actually said that um, it was a weird photo. Um, the woman who was in the photo looked very light-skinned and had weird tattoos, had different weird tattoos. Um, they showcased her and I guess this woman was robbing people and they called the cops and said it was me. This is like a, a true story. I heard this from Stassi during an interview, right? So she's gotten into trouble for this. She's also made some disparaging comments in reference to the Me Too movement that got her into some trouble. Um, she also made some um, negative kind of racially, racial-based comments um, on a podcast that actually was online but somehow disappeared and then uh according to one of her friends um he actually recently i don't know if he's trying to be an ally because it's what's popular right now or if he actually wants to do it um so his name is zach whitman um he's been on the show um so he apparently standing by Stassi saying that whenever Stassi made beyond cringeworthy comments on her podcast in the past, she and I did another podcast together where I explained white privilege and why her comments needed to be checked. Although nobody brought that up when the podcast with the negative comments resurfaced, she lost all her podcast sponsors at the time. And that made it, made her look really hard at her white privilege. And, um, you know, it examined why she thought the way that she did now. Stassi has been let go by her publicist, her agent fired from Vanderpump Rules, um, and this has ultimately impacted her bottom line. So how do you feel about Stassi being canceled? Okay, I did not watch Vanderpump Rules. It just was never a show I could connect with, especially because I mostly saw a lot of white people, and I was like, mm, I'm not there, so I'm, hmm. <laughs> but um, I think um, Stasi should replace Karen because she gave us Karen vibes over there. <laughs> it was very wrong of her to do that. And um, she could have put someone's life in danger, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think she understands just how much of an impact that that call she made, that false report she gave could have you know, negatively impacted a whole family um, and this woman's life, you know? So in terms of canceling, like, I'm so just like, 
I'm confused by cancel culture, mostly because a lot of times you have these larger celebrities and they will do something wrong. Mm -hmm. They get fired. Everybody's pulling their money. Boom, 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 you know, and it's, it's, it's something that I've come to see is possibly performative Mm -hmm. because I'm just trying to understand like, who is like, how do people end up still supporting them? You know, Mm -hmm. like, they do this whole big wave of the the cancellation, but they don't rectify or, you know, include different trainings or try to understand how they can rid it from the rip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I never really quite understand cancel culture. Now, in terms of her being canceled, you know, I feel like if you want to cancel her, it's completely justified because of the things that I said earlier about her being so ignorant and not understanding that what she did could have could have made national news in a way that was like she is more vilified than she currently is in this story you know what i'm saying um you just don't know the consequences and and that's another thing too when people do things like i don't think she understood what the what all the consequences would have been you know her doing that and um i just feel like when you cancel somebody, like you can have, you can, you can, you know, reconnect with them whenever you feel like it, because yeah, like, you know, you might see something that is expressed in their apology language Mm -hmm. that you connect with. And now you're big, you're back to being a fan of. So, um, I don't know. It's up to you to decide who you want to cancel. Right. And if you don't want to keep them canceled, you know, right. like, cause if you cancel something, when you buy it, you can always repurchase, you know? So there's, there's always that. Exactly. So I actually definitely used to watch Vanderpump rules a lot. Um, I do feel like Stassi was one of the villainous characters. Um, and Kristen was like her little lackey, um, and even when they were on the outs, it's their relationship is tumultuous in, in general. Um, mm. But she's always been problematic as a person. She is wow. definitely a mean girl, for sure. Um, always coming up with schemes in order to either get people fired, get have people. Uh, she's pretty much very much a Regina. Hmm. Mean like, girls. If, it, she's very much so like a, a Regina type of personality and I'm surprised she wasn't canceled a long time ago when she made her statements about me too right mm-hmm. so I do believe that sometimes with this cancel culture especially with celebrities they end up getting uncanceled after a while after everyone's had time to cool off and forget about it and they're on to the next thing um and right because even like Leah Michelle was canceled but then it yeah. wasn't like the full story um because I'm not sure if you're aware um Leah Michelle made a post about George Floyd um you know expressing her sentiment and her sadness as it related to this particular issue one of her castmates from Glee um one of the I, I would call them the newer castmates because they weren't like a part of the original crew um made responded actually in reference to this because she was bullied this was african-american woman who was bullied by leah michelle 
And then um, other celebrities who were Black actually, you know, backed up her sentiments. And one of them actually wasn't even on Glee with her. She was on a totally different show, um, Yvette Nicole Brown. Mm -hmm. And then other celebrities kind of chimed on as well. Naya Rivera talked about her tumultuous experience with Leah Michelle. So then it started to look like she was ex uh, discriminated against people of color. But then people, period, on set was like, she's just not a good person to work with, period, regardless. Um, and she was kind of definitely a diva on set. Um, so a lot of people are now canceling her as well. Um, so I feel like the, the person that cancel culture impacts the most, I would say are people who aren't celebrities, right? So like it may tank your sales and everything for now, but you still got a whole bunch of money in the bank that you can live off of until everything dies down, which is usually what ends up happening. Um, but when you are a regular schmegula degular person or a small business owner being canceled ruins your life right uh -huh. so you know we see all of these karens being called out and now there a lot of them are finally being arrested huh. because of what's going on like the guy in central park who was um accosted by a um white woman she was fired from her job she you know i guess is being harassed online and everything else there's the restaurant in baltimore um out in um i want to say essex the vince's middle crab river house middle river in that area uh, a crab house where the owner made some insensitive comments apologized and people protested um the organization and then come to find out from employees that were let go who were of color apparently he would do things to people of color's food um as well so i believe that for businesses as a whole that profit off of black dollars and for uh regular people they um their lives are ultimately ruined and they are unable to recover in cancel culture uh, which also means that a lot of people need to um watch what they do and say not to you know necessarily prevent this but just knowing that you know this type of thought process is not tolerated and it will ruin your life so maybe if you do feel this way you need to take a deep look at yourself um, and kind of figure out why you feel the way that you feel and educate yourself to kind of change that particular behavior and how it's manifested itself in your everyday life so um, I don't think cancel culture is going anywhere to be honest um, every time you turn around, someone new is canceled for a different reason. Um, some do I think that B. Simone, I know I'm looping back around, but B. Mm -hmm. Simone may not be able to recover. Um, yeah, that little fake million she probably got. Well, I don't got no million, so. But I know hers wasn't Viral Leva. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, yeah. Speaking of fake, this Kylie Jenner. Anywho. Uh, ah, Forbes, Forbes. Booyaka, booyaka, shot, shot, shot. But I do feel like when it comes to certain celebrities, when they're canceled, they're canceled, depending on where they are in their career. Stassi isn't someone who is marketed towards Black people anyway, so we don't impact her bottom dollar. Can she start her podcast on her own and, you know, make money off of that? 
self-producing it sure she's just not getting a steady paycheck from it um her book will probably still sell um and right now she's pregnant and engaged so she's about to be a mom and focused on that so she probably honestly is just tuned out from the world and is probably just enjoying this attention because that's just the type of vibe I get from her just Mm -hmm. in general um but she probably still gets money from reruns of Vanderpump Rules and those air on Bravo all the time yeah well good for her you know just I mean I never really pay attention to it because Mm -hmm. I'm you know never watched the show but like girl whatever get your little residuals if that's what you want to do but you know the the thing about cancel culture is it does not get rid of the problem because that's why we keep having people to cancel right so we need to we need to kind of dig in cancel culture you're right it's not going anywhere we need to we need to um establish cancel culture rules though Mm -hmm. um cancel culture recovery programs like you know something needs to go on because yeah it's because while you were talking i was like you know what cancel culture is a immediate temporary solution to a not so temporary problem okay say it um and that's kind of where i am with that because even like kevin hart was canceled for saying some homophobic things years ago in a comedy show but he's still making money mm-hmm. he's you know like it, it died down he was like all right i'm gonna give up this opportunity because i've been canceled and i apologize but then he's right back to it mm-hmm. like nothing ever happened um so because and i feel like the reason why cancel culture is so iffy is because there's so many people in the world that even if you do get canceled, like, you can find support somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Daniel Caesar can go tour all over Asia and just stay over there like Rasby did after B2K. <laughs> like, Why you gotta bring up Rasby now, okay? Because he was over there for years touring and performing by himself. Like, there's this one artist that I... I don't know how we became friends on Facebook, but I feel like he's from Baltimore or from Maryland and we met somehow, but mm-hmm. like he's literally overseas in Asia touring. He's well, he's getting that court. Exactly. <laughs> but he's big over there. So, you know, You're right. like uh soldier boy, he is, his songs were problematic for sure. And his actions towards Nia were definitely problematic, but this dude still tours over in Germany and Europe and places that are probably just now getting his music from 2007. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're right. They're always going to have somebody who love them. So stay with them then. Shit. Cause canceled. That means you need to go back in the, you need to go back in the, uh, in your in your mind and in your career and right. just do some reflection time write in your journal a little bit just be like who am i right, right. now and what has my persona taken me to so exactly because even just hilarious spoke about how like she feels like cancel culture is mob mentality culture i believe that there is some truth in that per se because mm-hmm. some people are just jumping on the bandwagon but personally when i 
stop because even before it had a term I was doing that right when Mm -hmm. I felt like certain people were too problematic for my taste I definitely stopped supporting them I you know like I'm not about the like you know me like whenever we talk about concerts I'm like that person don't deserve my money Mm -hmm. they they ain't nothing to they just don't deserve my money Mm -hmm. and you have every right to do that I think of R. Kelly, like, mm-hmm. he's a big example of cancer culture. There are still people who rep him and love him down. Mm-hmm. And there are people who despise him and think he needs to seek help and, like, believe that he did what he did. Now, I'm the one who believes he did what he did. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he did it. He did right. that shit. But anyway. Like, I'm not listening to no boosie. Mm-hmm. There's no more wipes of downs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to R. Kelly. Um, I actually stopped listening to R. Kelly a long, long time ago mm-hmm. because I'm like, we know, like, you did it. Like, I, I, yeah, I just, I stopped. I don't even listen to his music. I don't listen to songs that were produced by him just because I feel like you used your money for evil in order to perpetuate this culture of abuse. Um, so you don't deserve any of my attention. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people definitely do feel different about it. Like with Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was canceled. Mm -hmm. They took his show off the air. Um, but then I'm like, well, that taking a show off the air just doesn't impact him. It impacts the other actors and actresses who are still living off of that Cosby show money. Um, not everybody has been as fortunate as Raven Simone and been able to have a career post Cosby and be able to, cause she doesn't, you know, she doesn't even touch her Cosby money. I heard, I heard. And, uh, that's amazing. I hope she's investing it and, you know, doing something really great with that. Uh, or even if, I don't know, I mean, I don't even know what don't touch it or not touching it mean, but I just hope she doing something good with it. She's is sitting in a savings account. It goes really that's kind of ridiculous and collects it just sits there. That is some booty. Like, I mean, I know I ain't no financial advisor, but like, girl, that little week savings account you about to put that stuff in. Mm -mm. You gotta think about it, right? So Cosby Show, right? She's still getting paid off of That's O Raven, right? Those reruns, because that was on for years. And then I don't know if she produced the spinoff, Corey in the house, might be getting money off of that. Well, she money off of Cheetah Girls. She, she got Ravens Home. She she yeah. she has Raven's done a home. lot. She has music. Oh, she, she has fun. a long, lengthy she career. Podium? I don't know. I'm just saying, like, there are much better ways to contribute to um somebody's life pleasantly with those mm-hmm. with those monies, hunty. Like she could be in. I don't know. I'm I'm a mind my business. I ain't gonna call her money, but I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, and she was on um Blackish, so she gets. Her even just doing appearances, she gets paid buku money. Yeah, so Raven. Still, Raven is like a little mini Queen Latifah, low key. Like Queen yeah, been getting that coin. You heard? Much. Pretty, because you know when she came, she had the little. She pretty much is like a mini Queen Latifah. I'm talking about in terms of music and career length. I mean, right. Queen Latifah had a talk show. I'm just saying, Raven did too. Raven was um on the View, huh? All right, let's not get off topic, but I'm just saying. Yeah, because... Watch out for the next queen, okay? Because the first image, because even when she did try to sing, right, I remember 
her doing a song called Hip Hop Teddy Bear when she was like little, little. That didn't really do nothing. It was on like PBS. I remember it because I do. It was a part of my childhood. We were little. (laughs) (laughs) But she came out with like, you know, like the, like the hat and everything. Like Queen, she literally was dressed like Queen Latifah. Literally. Like Queen Latifah was wearing the same Queen, thing. In, in Queen the Latifah 80s. was out. Queen Latifah was out doing UNITY around that time. So I could see, like, she was just like, I hear that. I hear that, sis. You know, as a little kid. So I get it. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, she has, she's had a long, lengthy career. Mm-hmm. And she keep going. She keep going. So I fuck with it. Yeah. But I can understand you why she pointed out that money. You definitely did point out that cancel culture does not just affect the person who was canceled though like I, I appreciate you pointing that out because I don't even think we understand we don't realize it sometimes we don't even care because we just be so upset we like man whatever get out of here but it is a whole slew of people behind that machine like we only see the people who are out front we don't mm-hmm. see the people who are behind the scenes pushing this image forward the PR people the mm-hmm. managers the, the the parents or the siblings or whoever they're supporting like we don't see that you're right you're so right yeah i don't know usually most people bounce back yeah. but i feel like with this to- i feel like a lot of people are going to hold on to their anger <laughs> for longer because of everything that is happening i do think that there's a lot of change coming down the pipeline mm-hmm. um i wonder how those changes are going to manifest themselves irl and how long those changes are going to remain in effect. Um, I wonder how many organizations are actually going to take a look at how, you know, their organization looks or are they going to put people of color in positions to scapegoat them when shit goes wrong? Okay. So that's just my brain. Like, like Mm. I don't trust it. Yeah. And my (laughs) brain is going to a a show called canceled. Where are they now? Or a podcast. (laughs) Like I'm trying to figure out where they at now. (laughs) <laughs> what kind of money you got, Shorty? What's your bank account looking like? Like, How what's your net worth, bra bra? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, you haven't heard anything from Daniel Caesar since he was canceled. No. He's like, I don't even care if y'all about money. Not really. Oh, Not really. And then I'm, I'm still thinking about Chrisette Michelle, like her and that Basquiat skirt been chilly, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she was on The Breakfast Club, which, uh have their own issues. But, uh, you know, just like, where are they at now? Where are you? Where are you now? Are you even like I, don't, I need to search some of these people on Instagram just to see like how many followers and stuff they still got because I feel like uh, he has like one point two million followers on Instagram. Um, I low key want to look up his net worth. I'm gonna be for real, for real. Man, uh, one point five million. I'm like they got a oh dang he just a millionaire. That's yeah, crazy. One point five. I'm over here acting like I got millions, but I'm just saying, like, but my thing is, if you're an artist, like, that sounds like a signing bonus, right? Like, how many albums was he signed to? How much money does he now owe the record label, right? If he was signed to one. But yeah, 1.5 million for an artist kind of feels like a, like, you can be a millionaire and not be mainstream. That to me feels very much so like an underground artist income. I mean, that's giving me love and hip hop for real. That's true. Like, I just feel like there are a lot of people whose net worth of that or or like conflated to that on love and hip hop shows right. or those reality shows. So hmm. interesting. Internet. 
you did your work. Good job. <laughs> True that. All right. So that concludes another episode of Isolate the Podcast. Thank you so much, Chantel, for being here with me. Thank you. And uh, go ahead and tell people how they can find you again. Well, my personal Instagram is rose.a.gold. And uh, I have a business page that I am starting called Structure Savage. But if you want to follow No Class Podcast, you can listen to us again on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, a few of your favorite streaming platforms as No Class Podcast. We're on Twitter, no that or sorry, no underscore class podcast. Um, Tumblr, no dash class podcast. Um, you can contact us on Gmail if you want to reach out to us. If you got anything to say, like you want us to be on your show, like Miss Celestia. Um, you know, you can reach us at no.classpodcast at gmail.com and uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as No Class Podcast. All right. This is Erica Celeste signing off. Remember, the glow up starts within. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at isolate underscore pod. If you want to be a co-host on the show, uh, you can find us at, well, email, um, email us at islay.podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can listen to Islay the Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and a whole slew of other places. So th- again, this concludes another episode of Islay the Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.